What if faith was so simple that if you really just believed that you could receive and it worked, how would that change your life? And I'm here to tell you this morning, that's exactly how it works. If you'll believe, then you can receive and it'll happen every time. But the definition of believe has got to be defined. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Again, we've been working on this. This is week number five for uh, it says in chapter 8 of, uh, of John, Jesus, the Lord Jesus, in a, in a discourse here, lots of red in front of verse 32, says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's first person that, point to yourself and say it with me. And I shall know the truth, and the truth shall make me free. Do you believe that? If you believe that, it'll change your life. <coughs> in Jesus' name. I shall know the truth. And the truth I know shall make me free. And we've looked at this. It'll make you how free? As free as Jesus is. That's pretty free. He is the definition. He is the mark of the benchmark of, of what free is. And he, so the word here that we've got to look at over and over is ye shall know. What is the level of knowing? As Barry and Melissa know and as anybody knows, there's all sorts of levels of attention to knowing. There's a, I personally am a scanner. I do not have time to read everything. I do, but I don't. And so I scan, and I look for things that are relevant in it. But then when somebody tells me, oh, did you see that part? And I'm like, whoops, I scanned. And I didn't see that part because I was looking for something else. So there's a knowing that's not knowing at all. And then on the far other side of the scale, there's those of us, and times we've all been here, where we got down to the fine print, and like a lawyer in a case, we looked at it from every angle. We said, we got to get you off. We got to get this thing through. We got we to get a verdict that says you can go home. So we're going to study this and we're going to look at the details of uh, what they're accusing you of. And we're going to look at the witnesses against you. We're, gonna, we're going to immerse ourselves. We're going to know this case. There's that side. And then there's the side I am, scanner. I don't always scan, but... You know, a lot of times I do. Y'all look so holy out there. So, so holy. And so this word, look, uh, we looked at uh, what this word, you shall know the truth. That word know in the Greek is the word that means to be resolved. Finished. I know the truth. The questions have been answered. The details have been resolved and worked out. The uh, questions have all been dealt with. Now, if you were to lead somebody to the Lord Jesus and they ask you a question that you couldn't answer, you didn't fully know the truth, did you? I mean, if they ask you, well, what about this? And you go, you know, I never thought about that, never thought about that, never thought about that. You didn't know the truth. It's our job to know the truth. You don't always know everything, but you always know the, the, the source of that. It means to be sure, to understand. So it's talking about here that, that we're to get a Ph.D., as it were, in Bible, in kingdom, not about the mark of the beast and not about, you know, Jezebel's crown, stuff like that. We're to know how the kingdom works. We're to know it's by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. We're to know that. We're to be knowing it until, so much that we live it. 
so that when somebody comes by and you ha- and you you always are asking them if God if you were to die and stand before God he would say why should I let you into my heaven what would you say that's what I always lead out and they always say they always say y'all know this well I've tried to do the best I can that is standard you got to know how to answer that so that that brings them to a place of repentance. Well, you got to know the kingdom on money. You got to know the kingdom on healing. You got to know it's God's will to heal everybody of everything every time. Because somebody will bring you a contention. Somebody will bring you an Old Testament scripture that says, uh, He healed him not, or something like that. You got to know the king. You got to know the truth if you want to set somebody free. You got to know the truth to get yourself free. But, you know, once we're free, we can unlock the door for somebody else once we're outside. So we have to hit it hard. We cannot hit this thing religiously or liturgically where we just kind of dance around. Well, you know, the Lord, he understands. He just understands. No, he doesn't understand. He understands this and he understands we should understand this. He has no room. There's no room. He's exact. He is he is without recourse. The word also means to know absolutely. Say absolutely. absolutely. Now, absolutely means absolutely. Hey, there's just no, absolutely is just way over there on that side, and there's just no gray in it. It is all over there. It means I know. You can know the truth. We are built. We are created. We are wired to know the truth. It is easy for us to know the truth. There's some things about physics I don't like. I dropped out of... Uh, of uh, calculus, I dropped out after one class because they said, that's enough for review. Next week, we'll come back and hit the new stuff. Woo! <laughs> I was in the dean's office the next morning. WD is what was on my name. Withdraw. I did not know that truth. No need in me being in there. We need to know the truth. And that means we're going to have to give ourselves to more than a casual observance. You, you can't get it all on Sunday morning. Amen? You can't get it Sunday morning and Wednesday night. That is not enough. That, we don't even try to present a working knowledge or a working uh, knowing to the saints in services. We are here to provoke one another to love and good works. Stir it up and to answer stuff where the, the word of the Lord comes in and encourages us where we can't, we don't even want to know the truth. We're so discouraged or so put out by a trouble or, you know, something that happened. We, we got to get ourselves lined back up and we come to church and the saints encourage us and provoke us to love and provoke us to good works. And, and there's an atmosphere to keep us straight. Y'all, we got to, it takes a lot to keep of all, all of us straight. And get because and, and if you go to denominational churches, almost all of them are offline. They're all offline. They're thinking about the minors, the littles, and they're never thinking about what's important. We'll just we'll just be concerned about that. The Lord, you know, the Lord's in control. The Lord's in charge. That's what they say. And so they just don't. They're just you know the mark of the beast, the false prophet. That's what they're dealing with. This word, no, means an intimate understanding. Now, you've got to be married a long time or you've got to raise your kids a, a good while to have an intimate understanding of them. It takes time. It takes attention. It takes focus. 
You can't, you can't just be fostering, you know, and getting the $200 check every month. And I just, I feed them and make sure they go out with enough clothes to, to not get sent home. That's not what child raising is. That's not what we ought to have our money under control. We ought to have our health under control. We ought to have understanding. So I have surmised after a long time of why don't the saints get healed? Why do the saints struggle with their money? Why can they not answer the devil or even the heathen about what about your life and what about my life? They can't answer it. I have determined that a conviction is what real faith is. It's something that cannot be compromised and it cannot be, uh, it does not have options. Say no options. Now, a conviction is something that you believe that has no options. If it has options, it's a strong opinion. If it has options, it's a preference. But faith is a conviction that says this is how it is and just pull the trigger because I will never, I will never say what's not true. I know what's true. Uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you would. Now, we looked at the other day, and we'll look at it again, but... Uh, uh, changing things, we, we have a, the church has a flippancy about changing things. The miracles that happen that people believe in, now, oh yeah, I believe in miracles. I, I saw a miracle, my cousin had a miracle, all that, and I've got a bucket of them in my life where things just, just, and you go, how is that? Well, if you, if you do something in the natural realm, the physical realm, the scene realm, you can have consequ expected consequences. If you put the milk and the flour and the sugar in and put it in at 350 for 45 minutes, something's going to come out. It might be cornbread. It might be a white cake. It might be a mess. But uh, something's coming out. It's got an expected end if you follow the recipe. But if you want to move something in the, in the physical realm and not touch it in the physical realm, the world calls that magic, abracadabra, and that's why spiritism is very strong in America right now. That's why Madam or Sister West or Mrs. West or Mrs. Fa that's why they're all terror is because they believe in that magic. It's witchcraft. But that's not us. We believe things can be changed without having any natural intervention that things can be transformed by faith in the spirit realm. And that's because we believe that everything in the physical realm has its root, has a source root in the spiritual realm. That if you change the spirit, then it will slowly sometimes, but it will change the natural realm. That's why when we get born again, it happens on the inside, but then we just lose our desire to cuss, to carry on, to you know, to, to sin. <laughs> we just like, you, you don't have to wag at somebody and say, quit that. You just get them born again and fill them with the word and they say, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. So it works from the inside. That's a spiritual causation having a natural end. That's what we're called to all live by. Second Corinthians 4 verse 18. I just want to read the whole chapter, but verse 18 says, we look not at the things which are seen. We've looked at that word look a lot of times. It means to take aim. 
We take aim not at the things which are seen. You know, that's a challenge right there, but that's the faith life that we have, is to not look at what's seen. Isaiah says, whose report will you believe? The natural? Oh, it's bad. It's bad. The doctor says this. He's never seen it be different than that for what you have or what's... But or we look at the unseen. By his stripes, ye were healed. Two options. He says, he says, we look not. We take aim not at the things which are seen. Well, what do we take aim at? At the things which are not seen. Why? For the things which are seen are temporal. Do you have it out in your margin where it's that that word temporal means means subject to change, subject to change. It's it is that way today, but it won't be that way or it doesn't have to be that way. But the things which are not seen, the not seen, the spirit realm things, they're permanent. They're eternal. The word is perpetual. It's uh, so, so this thing that where you're looking at things that are not seen, you're looking, you're taking aim, you're focusing on things that are not seen. Well, you need to be getting your treatments. Well, you need to be taking your pills. Well, you need to be doing what the doctor said. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the unseen realm. I'm looking at by his stripes I was healed. I, I'm endeavoring, I'm pursuing knowing that truth because the Bible says that the Lord Jesus said, Knowing that truth will set me free. The doctor says it'll be better. You might live a little longer. You might could do this, but not that. But Jesus said if I could know, intimately understand, and not flinch, have a conviction about a truth, that it would set me free. Because once you do the doctor thing or the financial thing, then the next year, you got to start all over. How many of y'all know that is the truth? It never ends. It never ends. If you ever go into the hospital, they want you forever. They all but handcuff you and say, you're leaving, but you'll be back. And I know that. I know that. I've seen it. I've experienced it, and I hate it. When Jesus said, there's a big, big option. And once you get this knowing the truth in, then it works next year, and it works in other realms. It works in the financial realm. It works in the weather bads coming, the bad weather coming realm. It works in every realm. Stress, it works. It just, it sets you free. So why wouldn't you? Well, it's not seen. It's, it's, it's not seen. And people are more comfortable saying, I go with what I can touch and feel and read up on and, and study. It's an option every Christian has. Y'all have that option. And your life, my life, is a reflection of what, how we took that. A lot of Christians, and I'm not on Christians, I'm just saying I'm analyzing the culture of the church. We want to just get as much in as is required for today. Like, how many times do I have to confess that scripture to get out of this situation I'm in? And I, I don't need more than that because I'm real busy. And I'll, if it comes back, I'll just come back and we'll do it again. We're just wanting the max for the minimum instead of immersing ourselves in a life of conviction that says, I, I, I felt a doubt. I felt a, 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 a negative, And I just, I can't stand it. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. 
Say to the mountain, be removed, be thou cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. So anytime you get a doubt in there, you say, whoa, whoa, the wolf's trying to get into the hen pen, and I got to drive that thing out. I'm slipping. I'm, I'm easing up. I'm becoming natural. There's not anybody around like that anymore. If there, if there is, we write books about him and say, Smith, the apostle of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, or John, we write books about it. But you know, it's not supposed to be the few that you read about. It's supposed to be the testimony of the saints. Let me tell you, I've, I've talked extensively this week with, uh, with uh, a minister and he, that travels. And he told me, he said, uh, he said, it's not your church, it's not their church. It's, he said, if you're preaching the truth right now, if you're moving in the truth realm, he said, people are just falling out everywhere. It's just every, all churches are going through this, someone that travels. It's no solace. It's, no, it's nothing good. It's just that we don't take it personal here at River Church. Y'all don't take it personal. I'm not taking it personal. Hallelujah. So um, here's my deducement. Here's what I've come to the end. You can judge it yourself. That there is no faith that changes your life that does not involve a conviction. If it changed your life, there was a conviction. How be it small? How be it, you know, whatever. It's a conviction like someone gave you too much change and you were walking out and you should have got $2 back and you got 3 and you look down and saw 3 there's something in you that demands you go back and give it to him. Well, now that, that, Pam, you said yes, but that's rare. It's like, ha-ha. <laughs> it's rare. And, and it starts in things like that where Holy Spirit says, that's not what's in you. That's, you're not going to be able to live with that. That one dollar will follow you all day long until you get it back to them. It doesn't, it's not yours. So that's a conviction, and it changes your life. And it's not that you gave the money back. It's that you have a, you have a, you have a thing inside of you that has set you up for greatness, that has set you up for the kingdom to live in a realm up here versus a realm down here. And that thing was a perpetrator. That $1 was trying to get in to see if you would sell that for that, for a dollar. And we just said, no, I can't, that can't be in me. That can't be in my, that dollar cannot be here. Telling a lie or something, misrepresenting the truth. Just There's a hundred things behaviorally that we have all come to in a conviction mode that says, that's the truth, and I'm living by that realm of truth, and I'm not living in another realm. Well, now we've got to move it over to, to other realms, and we've already moved it into the tithe realm. All of you have a conviction. It, it's not based on need or debt or something God's going to do. Well, if I don't tithe, God's going to smack me. We've all got past that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Just because you're tithing doesn't mean you're tithing. It, it, could, be, it could be that you're just afraid. But we, we're not. We're not. There's a key to getting this conviction, and that's what I fell into this week. I heard it. Pastor Moss said something Friday morning, and I heard it, and it was the key in the door, 
And I felt that door give as I opened it up. And I saw it. Let's talk, go to Genesis chapter 15. Why, why do, how can we get a conviction faith? A conviction faith that means I am absolutely sure. I am totally in. It is an intimate understanding. And to violate that principle or that law or that truth is against me. I, can, I, I can't abide it. I can't live with it. To, to, uh, we all go to the doctor, but many times it's just because we haven't got an assurance in us. I can beat this. And sometimes it's, it's, a, uh, it's that we don't have an assurance that it's not going to hurt somebody else. If I go down, this is not just me. You know, we might. And I, I say this to parents, you know, use your faith on you, but don't be experimenting on your kids. Well, I'm just believing that Leroy's going to be okay, and he's over there 106 temperature. No, if you have 106 and you want to believe God, sail on. But you get baby to the doctor and you get some help because that's, that's wrong. Y'all get that, but this happens all the time. But if you want to step out there at 99 and say, for his stripes I am healed, well, we're, we're in with you. But that's you, and that's your faith, and that's your consequences. So what is it that make, made Abraham, who's called the father of faith, what made him have this conviction? It says in verse uh, 1 of chapter, I think it's verse 1, yeah. It says, these things, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? In other words, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> Excuse me. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house uh, in, is my one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. God's fixing to make him snap over into faith in just a moment of time. This shall, uh, excuse me, this shall be not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Now that was the word of the Lord, but still it was just a word. Y'all know that when you read this, you have to read it. You can't read it with your mind. You have to hear it. Reading the word is meditation. I mean, speaking the word is meditation. It's literally muttering. Just scanning it or reading it in your head and not saying it is not. You've got a low retention. You've got a low level of understanding in that. It doesn't go down in here. It's knowledge. It's information. It's not faith. Y'all got that? And you can just road test it yourself. It's true. It'll work out for you. But what did God, so God said to him, son, it's going to be, it's going to be just like I told you before. And so I, it didn't do it for him. And verse five, he brought him forth abroad and said, look. Say that word with me. Look. Now, there it is right there. He said, look now toward heaven. Tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, so shall thy seed be. So right there, Abram was able to look 
And he looked over in that corner of the sky and he said, there's a hundred stars just in that small, small. There's billions times billions of stars. They're innumerable. And he counted them in his head or his, you know, visually. And he said, that's going to be my kids. You know, I'd be, one's big. You could have just said, so shall that one tree be. But he said, no, stars, sand. But he actually said, look at the stars. And suddenly Abram saw his kids. He saw his legacy. And the Bible says in verse 6, he believed in the Lord and the Lord counted to him for righteousness. Seeing is believing in the sense of faith. Uh, Acts chapter 2. I'll take you to Acts chapter 2 real quick. I believe we're on something here. I, we all want strong faith. We all want to do better. We all want to not struggle with our faith because having weak faith or an unconvicting faith is just barely better and way more disappointing than having no faith. To strike out is not as much fun <laughs> as hitting it over the fence. It says in, uh, where am I? Chapter 2, verse 22. Y'all stay with me just a minute here. We'll get this. Ye men of Israel. Paul's saying, I think it's Paul. Who is the speaker there? Peter, you're right. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which they saw, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible, it was impossible that he should be held of it. Here it is, verse 25, For David speaketh, so he's quoting Old Testament, For David speaketh concerning him, the Lord Jesus, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He saw the Lord. So he saw him in a vision. He saw him. The Lord, it was an, what do you call those? Epiphany? Uh, where the Lord appears. You know, he, he appears in the Old Testament. Christophany. Amen. Thank you. I, I couldn't get it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. You know, David was a great man of faith. For he is on my right hand, look, look, that I should not be moved. Sounds like a conviction type of level of faith. Sounds like he says, you know, we sing that song, I shall not. I'm not going to sing on the tape. It'll burn it up. It, the, CD's, the CD's wobbling right now. <laughs> I shall not be moved. Well, that comes from right here where David said, I saw him before my face, and because I saw him, I shall not be moved. We need to see some things. Um, Abraham saw the stars, and he believed. What did he believe? He believed the word. Just seeing stuff, is not enough. Seeing the Word makes the Word become true. And David saw the Lord Jesus, 
And suddenly the Bible says he became non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. So the tempter lost his place to draw him off little by little, like the frog in the kettle. Took him, you know, like he does all of us, just drip, drip, drip until finally we wear down. He lost that advantage because he said, I shall not be moved. Abram said, I got it. Look in John chapter 5. Here's the clincher. I, there's a bunch of scriptures. So let me tell you, I could drag y'all all over, but you'll, you'll trust me that I've got them. But I got enough here to make it right. Chapter 5 of John, verse 19. You, we all know this one. This is it right there. How did the Lord Jesus operate? That's how we really need to know everything. We don't need to go further than that. Jesus then answered Jesus and said unto them, look, look, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. So here's the key. And this is what Pastor Moss said. I'll tell you what he said. He said, whatever you can see belongs to you. And we got all sorts of scriptures about that. You know, you walk this way and walk that way and everything you can see will be put upon you. You can have whatever you can see belongs to you. Your faith will be strong if you can see it. So instead of by his stripes ye were healed, you got to meditate that. You can't just say, okay, I believe the word of the Lord. And we do. But we don't have that convicting, that absolute, that intimate knowledge that I'm sure that non-negotiable thing that says that's the way it is and it won't be any different until we see, till we see ourselves in that word. By his stripes ye were healed. Well, we got to change that. By his stripes I was healed. So I have to go back to the cross. I have to put me at the cross that the Lord Jesus looked ahead to me 2,000 years and said, that trouble that's coming on him, I'll take care of it right now. I have to see that. I can't just say, well, you know, he just took care of everybody and we're all in the bath together and it's all going to work out and, you know, it's this and you, you, won't, you won't go to the end with that. The doctor will come in and say, it's worse than I thought. And you will renegotiate. You will step back. So you got to see something. You got to see it finished. I mean, you got to see it. Not in your physical eyes, but you will see it physically because what you can see, you can have. You'll, you'll possess. You got to meditate that word. So you got to take uh, first, uh, second, uh, first Peter 2 24. You got to say, Himself bear. My sins in his body on the tree, that I having died to sin. So right there, you gotta you gotta get a you gotta go there in your eye, your your spirit eye, and you gotta see yourself dying to sin, because sin's very much alive. Could be that even this weekend you've messed up somewhere. Could be. Don't not throw anything, but it could be that we. Messed up. So you got to, and it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It'd be like the dollar that you didn't go back with. That thing would be alive, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. <sighs> I can't spend this. This belongs. Oh, God. Ah, got to go back. It's 20 miles. We'll go. <laughs> so, but ye being dead to sin, 
should live under righteousness. So you've got to see yourself being crucified on the cross with him, dying with him in and, and, and this body that we're in that's been afflicted by disease and pain and we see that thing being taken out of the way. I mean, you got to go through it. you got to live it out. you got to receive the work of it. And if you'll see it, it'll be like the stars in the sand. It'll be like the David seeing the Lord Jesus and saying, doubt is removed from me forever. And you see yourself dying, and then you see yourself being resurrected. By his stripes ye were, ye were, by his stripes ye were healed. You got to go there. You can't just slap it on there. Oh, by his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. Just say it over and over and over. If it never goes through this place, not this place, but I mean this place where you see it, the mind of Christ down here, you won't have a conviction. And somebody, a symptom or a doctor or a medical report will convince you, will undo your faith. And if you ever get into that place, because I believe this, I believe this, it, that the only faith that moves the mountain, that changes the, uh, the scene, that changes the, the unseen into the scene, is that conviction faith that says, that's the way it is. It doesn't matter if we have to wait a year. It doesn't matter if we have to wait two years. It doesn't matter if everything has to go completely the other way before it comes back and gets right. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what the experts purport. I shall not be moved. That's the only kind that wins. You can get a measure of that and you can get some help where you don't, you, you know, you got healed sooner than they thought or you went better than they thought or you're... We all can kind of push it, but that thing that just snaps it over and completely ends it has got to be something that you see inside. So I wrote down, Michael, don't quit being moved by what you hear, but don't see. So if I can preach to y'all what I'm preaching to me, I'm telling you, I'm on this. This is me. This is where I'm living right now. Quit being moved by what you hear, but you can't see. So I hear by his stripes I was healed. But I didn't see me being hung on the cross, having died to sin, being raised to righteousness. And in that resurrection, by his stripes, I was healed and then see myself healed. I used to say all the time, I can run as far as anybody my age, any man my age. <laughs> And then I said, you know, there's a bunch of weak men out there. <laughs> Y'all get that? <laughs> they wouldn't live, if, if I was the benchmark, they wouldn't get along very good. So you've got to find the word of the Lord. So these things that Pastor Moss and others, I've got a book. It's not in here. i got a book. It's this thick. About that much of them are on me. And I have to go in there. And you've had prophecies. You've had the word of the Lord. Do you all have little places in your Bible that says January 16th, 2009? Encircle it in an arrow going out there when the word of the Lord came to you. See, you've got to be easily persuaded. You have to say of that, that's happening to me. That's who I am. That's mine. If you just go, oh, that was interesting. It'll be like a photo album of somebody else's family. Like, well, what happened here? Oh, well, we were all having so-and-so's birthday party. Oh, that's nice, but it's not your family. 
That's what that becomes. It's somebody else. It's not you. But if you say, well, who's that? Well, that's me. That's me. Right there, January 16th, 2000. That's me. I see myself there. You'll have whatsoever you sayeth. I'm way more excited about this. Because I see it. You shall know the truth. All of a sudden, I know something. I see it. I didn't get this out of a book. This is me. This is just me. I believe I'm on to the key to put my life over is i got to meditate this word. And I wrote down uh, what belongs to you is coming to you. So look up to see so you can believe and receive. So i got to look in this. You do too. You need healing, and we all do. You all do or you will, but we all do. There's not everybody, nobody in here, everything's working just right. Well, start on that. Just start on that little thing, that little, that little thing, whatever it is, that little thing. Because here lately, I, if I drink coffee in the morning, I don't feel very good about 10 o'clock. And I, so I switched. And I said, you know, I want to drink coffee. I, I don't love it like Barry. Nobody loves it like Barry, but I, I really enjoy. Who wants to drink tea in the morning? I want coffee, but, you know, so that thing's trying to take. It's so insignificant, nobody would even bother to use their faith on it. But once you get that, you've got to step up to whatever comes. You see what I mean? You, you, you can't reach that until you go down there and whip coffee upset in your stomach or whatever. Or that little thing in your finger or that little... Father, in Jesus' name. Make this real to all of us. You have called us to be missionaries into our city, our county. And Lord, this good news is just so good, it's almost too good to be true, but it is true. And Lord, we ask you to help us see it. Holy Ghost, talk to us. We're going to settle down, we're going to slow down, we're going to get in front of you and just be quiet. And you're going to tell us things. Things to look at, things to understand, things to go and find something else. You're going to tell us meetings to be in, scriptures to read, books to read, CDs that are just sitting on the shelf. Lord, you're going to guide us because you have a plan for all of our life. And Lord, you said in your word, you said to Joshua, all the, all the place you can see, I will give it to the people. Well, you're saying that to us too. What we see with our spirit eye, our faith eye, we can have. We'll possess it. So I ask you, Lord, to give us the land, the land of your word. I ask you to give us the land, the land of Tuscaloosa County. Lord, it's ours. We've seen it. We've walked around it. Lord, we claim this for the kingdom and your glory in Jesus' name. So I ask you, Lord, to stir us up. It doesn't matter how many's here or not here. It matters if we get turned on to the truth. And Lord, we're in, we're chasing after you. I'm chasing after you, Lord Jesus. I'm I'm I am chasing after you. Anybody in here chasing after him with me? Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I want you to be more Lord and less just whatever. I want you to be the Lord of my life. That the final say, the final determination.
And I give you praise. Lord, we lift our hands before you saying, Lord, you're more than enough. You're so great. You're so good. And there's nothing that we'll face that you hadn't already fixed and you hadn't already solved and you hadn't already funded and you hadn't already turned around. And today we begin to see it and rest in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's a good word, y'all. That's a good word, I can tell you, because it came from Holy Ghost. Uh, and it's a good word, and it'll change your life. And I'll tell you, the thing that's better than getting healed yourself and getting your money right by your own faith, uh, if it could be better, but it really is, is when you can fix somebody else. It's like, because you get yourself fixed, and you go, you know, if I stay or if I go, it doesn't matter. I'll stay for you. And it's better to help somebody else. We have to have a confidence. <coughs> Excuse me. We have to have a confidence. Um, well, even when you called about your sister. You know, I went through an analysis just because her sister has a medical thing. We all got brothers and sisters got medical things and whatever. And I'll, immediately the responsibility of that fell on me because I knew about it. And if you know about something, you're responsible in some measure to either ask God, what do you want me to do, if anything, and what, how to pray, or what, yeah, just everything. How far do you want me to go? And I was like, oh, God, you know, am I this and can I that and everything? See, that should never come. Say amen. We ought to say, got that, got that, got that, because I got it for me, I can get it for them. And I got it for my little coffee thing. I can get this thing that's, that's uh, MS or whatever. Now, that's, that's a, they write books, thick books, about people that do that. And we ought to be doing it because there's nothing special about John G. Lake. Nothing. He said, I perceive I have no gift, but that I believe God's word. That's what he said. He wrote. 100,000 people got healed. And he said, I perceive I have no gift. <clears throat> Amen. Well, let's stand up and just lift our hand one more time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we praise you this morning. You're just so good. You've been so good when we weren't that good. But Lord, we're on it now, and we give you praise. You've got a plan for our life, and we're going to follow it, and we're not going to gripe or grumble. We're going to be excited about the plan of God in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Does anybody need prayer before we go? Well, we're praying for you in a general sense, and it comes up. It comes up. Well, pray for, always pray for Justin, always pray for Garland. You know, there's just, there's just givens out there. You go, well, yeah, besides my regular list. <laughs> Amen. Well, bless you.